Okay, you guys, I recorded this episode this morning and it's really, really heavy and it's really, really out of my comfort zone and I'm (laughs) wavering between fuck it, just do it and maybe give it a day. So here we go. Here it is. Um, Yeah, I hope it helps somebody because it sure is a tough decision to push publish on this one. Good morning, beautiful souls. Oh, it's been a minute since I've recorded and published an episode. And that's not because I haven't tried, but Mercury Retrograde had other plans. Uh, Last Friday, I recorded an episode that was 88 beautiful minutes long with my girl Jenna, and you guys would have loved it. I say would have because I hit save and it didn't save. I lost it. 88 minutes. But the cool thing is Jenna and I have those conversations at least once a week, so it ain't no thing. We'll just do it again, do another one. And I try to look at it as a beautiful no. I'm reading the book, The Beautiful No or A Beautiful No. I think it's The Beautiful No by Sherry Salata. And it's, I wish I could just go hide somewhere without my phone and read it, just binge read it because it's so good. She's an excellent storyteller and she's funny and... Lots of good life lessons in there. Um, And the beautiful no is basically learning to see things through a lens of, well, this didn't work out, so what's coming instead? What's, What's on its way to me that's better? And that's such a beautiful thing to do instead of spinning out and trying to control a situation, be in flow, be in flow with life and allow better things to come your way. It's a practice. It's definitely easier said than done at first, but when we control things, we are acting out of fear because we don't trust that the outcome is going to be what we want. But God always has a better plan for us than we do. His imagination is or her imagination, is much better than ours. So when we allow ourselves to trust in that, we really open the gates for much better things to come our way. So yeah, I can't wait to record another episode with Jenna and release it and let you guys hear it and get all the goodness out of it. I know you're going to find a lot of goodness in it. Jenna is amazing. She started her healing journey before I did, but we have a lot of the same life lessons, let's just say. And we've been on the healing path and read some of the same books and learned a lot of the same things. And it's just super fun to level up with somebody like that, that you're close to and you can share in those experiences. And that's what I'm hoping this podcast will do for anyone who listens. Um, 
I'm just doing this for fun. I want to help people. I want, I want you as a listener to find the same joys that I have found and learn the same powerful lessons in my healing journey. And I hope that it helps, helps you in many, many ways. And I hope it helps you on your journey and a little bit faster than maybe my journey. Most of you probably don't know my story. Um, Actually, no. I've only shared this podcast with a handful of people. And so the ones that are listening right now, you probably do know this story. But maybe it's time to air it out to the world and release that shame. Um, Once you own it, it has no, no power over you anymore. So my healing journey started when I left my husband. Oof, isn't that heavy? It's hard to even say. And I'm I'm really speaking it to people who already know it, but just releasing it to the world and knowing that oh, who could hear this is scary AF. But it is what it is. I did that. I never, ever, ever thought I'd be that person. As a child of divorce, I... I said I would never do that. I would never do that to my kids. And I did it. And it sucks. And it's so much harder than people realize. Truth is, I... Okay, so I was a child of divorce. Obviously, in that situation, you don't have the best role models to show you how to live life, to honor those promises, to all the things, right? Not that my parents are bad. It's just parenting, right? We don't know how we're fucking up our kids until it's too late. It's terrifying revelation, but that's really what it is. You can have the best intentions and and it doesn't matter. So here's my experience. My parents got divorced and from the time I had my first boyfriend, I would I would say I never didn't have a boyfriend. Like it was you broke up with this guy to go out with that guy forever. And I never really found myself. I never really knew who I was because I was always conforming to who I thought they wanted me to be. There's another heavy one. I remember my Aunt Polly 
asking me, do you really like hunting? Do you really like doing that? And I, it kind of set me back in my seat like, yeah, of course I do. And I did, but did I like it to the extent that I portrayed to the world? No. Do people change? Yes. But I was... I was the avatar of who I thought people wanted me to be. Never really looking inside to figure out who I wanted to be or who I was. And so... That's a formula for disaster. Like, just drive 80 miles an hour, no seatbelt, and on crazy, windy back roads. It's a lot like that. Let's see how fast you can crash and burn. Um, so, I got married at the age of 21 years old. A complete mess of, I don't know who I am. I have a lot of insecurities, baggage, um, and not knowingness. So let's get married. Woohoo. Yeah. Have a party. Let's go. That's what you're supposed to do. You date this guy so long, you're supposed to get married. Then as soon as the ceremony is done, when are you going to have kids? And we actually kind of skipped a spot in there because we were building our house at the same time as we were planning our wedding. So it was really fast forward, 90 miles an hour. Let's go. So built a house, got married, all at the age of 21. I had no idea who I was. And was always seeking outside validation which is a ticking fucking time bomb. When the outside is what matters, you are not healthy. You are not in a good place. When you care more about what other people think, where, where are you? You are totally lost. So got married, had two beautiful kids, and... Those early years were so good. I remember being on maternity leave and not wanting to go back to work. Because that was the closest I had been to my true self. Was being at home with Emma and Chase. But society tells you, you got to be a mom and you got to be a good wife and you got to bring in the money and and have a career, and it can't be just an okay career. It's got to be a really good career, and whatever you're going to do, you got to be a badass at it, but don't be too badass at it. Don't be too good. Don't make too much money. Don't make more money than him. Nope. But you still got to be a good mom, and you got to go to church, and you got to do this, and you got to do the birthday parties, and you got to make supper, and you got to do holy shit. Like, no wonder there's so many people who are messed up in the world, especially women, and especially moms. So the dust settles 
so to speak, and you're just in a spot where, okay, you have all the things on the checklist. You have the house, you have the marriage, you have the kids, you have the career, you have the nice car. Oh, and you built a garage. And now what? What's next? And then you're in, you're marinating in the unhappiness, the emptiness, because what you thought would make you happy was outside things, a pile of stuff, a checklist. You're not fully present in any of the situations or with any of the people who matter. You're just foot on the gas. And that's when I burned the house down. Not literally. But that's what I refer to. I refer to it as. I thought I had feelings for somebody else. And I did. Um, But that was just another outside thing that I thought was going to make me happy. And it was really an attention thing. Someone else gave me attention. Oh, that must mean something. You must have feelings for them. You must follow them. Wrong. But I was a dumbass. And I followed that feeling instead of really trying to heal the situation and get to the root of the problem. I remember going for walks after work and I'd get home at like 6, 6.30 and I'd be a walking ball of stress. And I would talk to my husband about maybe I should go see a counselor. I'd never done that, but seemed like the thing to do. He didn't like that that idea. He didn't want people to... I think he didn't want people to know our problems, which I think a lot of people have that fear. And there's such a stigma around mental health. It's getting a lot better than it used to be. But this was like, what, eight years ago? Nine years ago? I don't know. So a lot has happened in that short time around mental health. But, you know, he he was doing his best too. And he thought that I could talk to him and that we would solve our problems that way. But it wasn't enough. And so... I put myself in a situation, a really stupid situation. Situation with a guy that I knew was trouble. I knew deep down was trouble for many reasons, but I did it anyway. It was a work thing. And I remember a few weeks before this happened, 
thinking I should go into my boss's office and just say, you know, I don't think I should work with this person anymore because I just could feel it was a bad idea. But that was way back when I didn't trust my gut. I didn't trust myself. I didn't listen to my intuition. Which is interesting because now most of the time my intuition is like an alarm and I don't know how I would have ever ignored it, especially to the extent that I did back then. But I did. I was really fucking good at it. I didn't have that conversation with my boss. I kept going again, foot on the gas, 90 miles an hour, just go. So this person set up this excuse really is what it was for us to be around each other. And then you add alcohol. And that's when I really lit the match. I ended up leaving my husband for him. I went home that night and asked him for a divorce, crying on the bathroom floor. We had been married nine years. Had two beautiful babies. What the fuck kind of person does that? I can't even believe I'm recording this like it's so painful I don't know if I can actually hit the publish button but I do hope it lands with somebody and maybe There's this part of me that thinks she just wants to save all marriages because of what I did. I've had people come to me who have been on the verge or considered or even pulled the trigger on the divorce. And I know they're coming to me because... I've been through it, and I feel like they're looking for a permission. And here's the thing. You don't need permission, and you can still come to me with, I will not judge you. And I hope I don't make you feel like you're not being heard. 
but this is why it's so hard for me. To justify helping you or supporting you in that decision because there's so much pain and shame. In my past, from my experience. Not only mine, but my parents. It is destructive. So destructive. Self-destructive. Destructive to your family, your friends, everything. Nobody comes out unscathed. Ooh. Bet you didn't think this one was going to be so heavy. In my meditation today, I asked God to work through me. Tell me what I need to do or say to help the world in some way. And so I guess this is what he had in mind today. Our, um, our divorce was on paper was easy. Like we shared a lawyer I don't know, it cost 550 bucks from what I can remember. We talked through the whole thing. We have 50-50 custody. I left him the house. I didn't, I took my things. But that was my guilty conscience. Trying to make it easier. I didn't even appraise the house. I just left it. I left it and got my foot on the gas. Started a relationship with that guy who, man, he turned out to be just what I needed. Exactly what I needed. I see it now as a blessing because without that experience, I don't know where I'd be, but that experience showed me the ugly. Showed me the real ugly shit inside me the real ugly truth of what I was missing what I needed and how dangerous it is to not deal with it heal it 
relationship lasted like three years. Oh, it was a nightmare. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But the point of this story, or the reason I'm sharing this story, is to own your shame. Um, And you don't have to record and publish it to the world in order to do that. I talk a lot about journaling and and the benefits I see out of it. And I know it helps me a lot. It helps me a lot. Um, I do it every day, sometimes twice a day. Sometimes it's just a couple lines, and sometimes it's 40 fucking pages, and I am not exaggerating. I've talked to um, a lot of you who have thought about giving it a whirl and I know it's terrifying to write something on paper because fuck then it's real but maybe it's not maybe getting it out and seeing it on that paper will make you realize that's not what I want that's not who I am I can let it go. There's something that happens when you write something with your hand, pen, and paper. You move it through your body. And then you can let it go. You can learn from it. You can decide what to do with it from there. So when you're starting out journaling, if you want to... Write it down and burn it so then you don't have to worry about somebody seeing it. Do that. Do that for now. It's important just to start. Okay, well, I think that's about enough for today. Um, I hope this helps somebody. And... I love you. Have the best day.